So hi everyone, welcome to the CMK podcast. My name's Colin Rouse from the CMK team. Today's pod, I've actually got a really good guest today, um, Billy McGarry, who actually has joined the team um, last month in his role as business development coordinator. Um, so good morning, Bill. How are we doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. Fantastic, fantastic. So it's great to have you on the board today, mate. And it's just an opportunity, really. Um, also, you know all about the pod because our role is to promote and, and get as many people subscribed for all our various channels. But it's just good, obviously, for people to find out what your role is and kind of a, a, just a chat, really, about your experiences of mental health and kind of how fitness and kind of nutrition, because we speak about that a lot, Bill, don't we, but how that's kind of effectively changed your life. So do you want to tell everyone what your role is and kind of your background with CMK? My background, so my background's in, in fitness. I'm a fitness instructor or personal trainer. And I'm a nutritional therapist. And basically, amongst other things, <laughs> um, basically, <laughs> those two, the fitness stuff is basically what led me into everything that I'm probably doing today, whether it's with CMK, whether it's with another company or everything around my life, basically, has stemmed from the, the fitness background. Obviously, helping build the brand and what we're doing and helping people within the community really sort of um i was really basically really pleased to be part of something like that and the, the way that i wasn't always <laughs> i've always been, i've always <laughs> been into fitness but i yeah. didn't when i was growing up i sort of was on a bit of a funny old path really i um i used to mess about a lot I used to get in a quite a lot of trouble um i grew up I grew up. Not that there's anything wrong with this, obviously, but I just give you my background. So I grew up. I grew yeah. up in a in a caravan when I was really young, uh, with my mum on her own. My dad wasn't around and stuff like that. Um, not that that affected me. I thought, um, growing up, because my mum did the best that she could. You're not sort of bouncing around in um, in uh, council houses and 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 just around just around places like that. Really, you don't. When you're a kid, you don't really realise what's going on. It's just life for you. But I was just a bit of a joker and, you know, yeah. I used to be disruptive and cut a long story short, I got kicked out of school um, and sort of just w went down a difficult path, really. I always worked and stuff, but as I was getting older, I started um, not just to party a lot, um, just not eat very well. Um, all the things that sabotage your body and your mind as you're growing up. I mean, I won't go too deep into my background in my twenties now, but cut a long yeah. story short, I went through quite a lot of, uh, quite a few tough times. Um, you know, with, I built a business up, I lost everything. Um, I was bouncing around on sofas for, for a couple of months in my twenties. Um, I got in about 157,000 pounds worth of debt. Um, I was still into fitness at the time, but I wasn't fueling my, I wasn't sort of fueling my, my mind and my body and I didn't have the right people around me. I was being influenced by my dad who I met um, later on in life. Um, I learned a lot from him, but I also learned a hell of a lot not to do. Um, yeah. I won't go into again what happened with that relationship, but that's <laughs> non-existent anymore. Um, and yeah. really when, when everything was stripped back, um, that was when I sort of hit my lowest, you know, I was at a low point I, 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 at 25, 26, 27 um, I had not that this is important now, but when you're growing up and you're influenced a certain way, you know, I had a nice house, I had cars, I had, you know, at 27, I thought, oh, here we go. Look, my ego's crept up. I've, I've, I've reached the top of the mountain like you do. But um, 
Yeah. You can't carry on being that sort of a person without life uh, punching you in the face, I call it. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, I literally had a breakdown, uh, an emotional breakdown, if you want to call it. Um, I didn't actually know the terminology then because I didn't know what was wrong with me. I didn't even realise I was getting anxiety and stuff. Um, because back then, I'm 37 this year, so you're talking 10 years ago, people yeah. didn't talk about this sort of stuff hardly so much, even only 10 years ago. So yeah. I remember my dad's friend pulled up in a car to see if I was all right at work once. I broke down in his car, and I remember I was crying, which was weird. And for me, it's good to cry, but at, 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 that, at that age, <laughs> you know, you, you know, I, I don't, I never used, I never cried before, really. And um, I just thought, right, I need to change. I've got to change. It was if, as if that point at time, it sort of it, a switch flicked in my head. I was like, I cannot carry on like this. So yeah. that was when I started really, I was probably 29. And that was when I really started taking fitness seriously, really seriously. Like I was like, right, I'm going to change. I stopped hanging around with the people that I was hanging around with. I stopped, I stopped eating rubbish. I stopped drinking. I gave up, um, I gave up smoking eight, nine years ago. Um, I just stopped. Mm. I, I basically cleaned my whole life up. Um, I couldn't read at the time either. I started to teach myself how to read books. Um, I've always been a practical person. I can do a lot of things, but when it came to academic stuff, I used to struggle a little bit. And yeah, I sort of come out of I, I come out of a, a real dark, dark place. And then, as I started to change, people around me started to notice, and then I started helping people with their fitness and that's what led me into um you know into that industry basically yeah that's really empowering mate and like you just touching briefly i know we'll expand on this a bit bill but did you when, when you decided to make that change which is huge and we obviously the work we do with changing minds is all about kind of raising motivations and, and kind of trying to motivate people that you know change is possible and mental health affects anyone and everyone and that's kind of what we're doing with our kind of high energy um, programs and training services but the people around you so your circle of friends did they did you find they just left you to it or was there any support in your circle no, of influence? if anything I was getting attacked because I was changing and it's the okay. terminology someone a very um a very wise man <laughs> told me once about the <laughs> crab in the buckets mentality and I don't know if you've heard that before crab in the bucket so basically, no no so basically, it's just what happens in society so if you've got crabs so you put crabs in a, in a bucket or a net like real crabs, yeah. and one starts to want to escape, the other crabs will pull the crab down. And if he, they won't yeah. let him get out. And then if the crab tries again, the crabs will pull his claws off and kill him. And this is what happens. This is what was... Right. And when he said that to me, I was like, your friends, everybody in life, how I experience it, we all, we all follow. We, we do a lot of following as human beings. And this is how we get caught up and influenced in circles that we shouldn't. Because we, we, we like to follow suit. You know, the, the, the best thing is like um, if you see a line, an English person will go and line up in a line. And if you said to them what you're lining up for, they'd probably say they wouldn't know. Like we're just that, that, that's 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 what we're like. And that's your friends don't want you to change. And when you start trying to change and you're, you're you, I'm like, look, I've got yeah. to stop. I've got to stop doing what I was doing. I was running at the time a successful music um, event that was a good income and I gave it all up. I gave it up just like that, a click of the fingers. And, and I didn't get, there was a couple of people that understood it, but a lot of people, I, I was, I got a little bit, I got a little yeah. bit of a stick for it, but 
forward wine 10 years, those people are now reaching out for me to help them and I'm helping them. Yeah. That's really interesting because you said like, again, there's so much stigma, isn't there? So being labelled for wanting to change your life for the positive. And you said it was really good what you said about the whole, um, you know, yeah. you, you changed physically, but you wanted to change for your mind as well. And the benefits of nutrition and fitness and how that's helped. And I think you're right. I think there's a, when we when we deliver sessions and again, when we, as you know, we de- deliver a lot of uh, mental health first aid training. There, there's a lot of um, Again, you spoke about followers and still even with my circle of friends you know you there is a lot of pressure if people are going to go to the pub when we could go to the pub but there, there is a lot of anxiety that you feel you have to follow to please other people when actually the, the, the biggest person you need to please is yourself and, and as long as you're happy within yourself that's the most important thing but um but that's an incredible kind of that is a moving story story bill be a bit of a victim so i'd be like why is this happening why is that happening and when i started there was a transition, whether it was because of the people, it, it was, a it was, yeah. a it was a lot of things. So it was my cousin, I owe a lot to Clinton, Clinton McTaggart, because he, he, he had already done what I was just about to do. And he really helped me. Yeah. So I had a lot of support from him. I owe him, I owe him a lot for that. And there was the people that I had around me and just, I'd had enough. Like, why? I sat yeah. there, I remember sitting, I was, and, and why is this happening to me? And it's like, I'm, I had to take responsibility. And it, sometimes it happens, I think, quick. Sometimes it can take a little while to happen to an individual. But something, something goes in your head when you've just had enough of what's going on in your life. And if you can just take the responsibility of, right, I have to be the person. I, I, I call it, I put blinkers on. So I'd put blinkers on. I'm like, right, I, I like this. I'm feeling good. I'm not, not, I don't want to be influenced by any more bad because they don't quite, they, they're not ready yet and they don't understand. So I had to segregate myself yeah. away from it all because, because I was, it's a bit like, um, the, uh, you know what I'm like with analogies. So it's a bit like when you start working out at first, you hate it and it feels horrible. But once you start <laughs> seeing a result, you get addicted to it and it becomes life. Well, your mind, your mind and your feelings are exactly the same. And if you can join them all up together, Absolutely. Like by just yep. changing a few habits, you know, I did go, you know, I, I'm quite lucky because for some reason I'm a determined individual. I'm not saying that you have to be a determined individual, but I'm quite capable of giving stuff up fast and, and sticking to it. So I know people are different, but if you can, if you, the reason I do that, uh, I'm digressing a little bit, but it's the explanation. The reason I do that is because I know I can get the feeling of gratification fast and it'll keep me on that lane and I won't go back. And I, and I think that's I think that's what stops a lot of people is they same with fitness. And I keep going back to fitness, but fitness is the yeah. bread and butter and the foundation of my whole ethos of my life in a way that people always want fast results. And you don't get fast results in fitness and you don't get fast results in life. And you don't. And, and because we're in this instant gratification world, if you can help people realise that it will come, but you've got to put the work in. And once they start feeling the results or seeing the results or seeing their life change, they, they, they will stick to it. But the problem, obviously, is you do have to be ready in yourself to be able to do it. And, and normally in life, unfortunately, as humans, and this is what happened to me, it's normally pain that makes us change, unfortunately. It takes something painful. You know, take smoking. We all know that smoking's bad for us, but normally, until we go, um, you know, yeah. until a lot of people won't actually make that change to stop smoking until they have... But I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it's about developing sustainable and, and kind of 
lasting habits and not falling back into that kind of trap where you're going to lead to those unhealthy habits or start going and meeting those mates again that are causing you stress and pain and anguish so and you're right I mean for me when I had my anxiety attack you know I was very a bit of a people pleaser and had to kind of not be center of attention as such but I had to very determined the same as yourself very career driven wanted to do the best I could possibly do um and for me I think that was my stress bucket where I was trying to do so 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 much for me that particular moment when I had my anxiety attack it just kind of spiraled out um, and, you know, that hit me for six. You know, I built, I built some anxiety for myself about always needing to be, meet my friends and not, you know, there was anxiety for me about not meeting them at the pub or not being able to do what they're wanting to do. Um, and it impacts, it impacts you quite a lot. And would you say, I mean, in talking about men's mental health, but would you think there's still, we talk about stigma and obviously men kind of coming out and speaking about their mental health? Yeah, it's, it's built into us on hundreds and hundreds of years of evolution. So <laughs> when you look back, we're not not so much now obviously yeah. with what's going on but when you look back like the, 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 you know we're, we're meant to be the the strong person we're not meant to get upset we're not meant to and and this goes back in history if you I mean you know what I'm like with reading now again I, I read constantly and there's a men over years have been it's been educated into us in society from what we're looking at and how we that we're not meant to be like that um if, if you understand yeah. what I mean without getting the wording wrong um, so you, you feel uh, on a personal level back then I used to be like, stop being weak, Billy. You got, a, you, you yeah. mustn't talk about this. Don't show them how you feel. And, and what you was doing, you're pushing all that energy down into your stomach where the anxiety starts, by the way, <laughs> and where you get that feeling, you're pushing all <laughs> that energy down and down and down every day you're doing this and you've not got a release. So men are a lot better now. I mean, a lot of my friends I talk, I spoke to a friend yesterday, actually. Um, I hadn't spoke to him for ages. had a real good conversation and the same. It, even my friends still, even though they know what I do, they don't ring. So I still ring them and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll ring you. But they don't. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I talk, I mean, I talk to you a lot, but I don't, um, Clinton I talk to, yes, but probably it's mainly females that I would talk to about my feelings more as yeah, a, as a no, male. Really um, and really only, um, I would only talk to a male if it was someone that I 150% trusted, which is why Clinton is my man that I would go to just like I am for him, um, you know, which has been yeah. a relationship that's been built up in a friendship for, for, for absolute years. But I always tend to tend to gravitate more towards if I've got a bit of an issue I will air it with um with with probably a female colleague or something like that probably and that's really interesting Bill I know Tom our CEO he does a lot of um we, we talk about level three conversations so again I don't know whether you've you've been aware of this but he he was telling me that he has at least 10 people in his phone book that he kind of rates from one to three so level one might be someone that he'll just meet for a coffee it might be someone he's not spoken to for a while a former work colleague whatever it might be but he knows you can ring that person go for a coffee and have a chat about football you know how's your day be yeah. that kind of stuff you know just a real kind of easy easy flowing conversation a level two conversation for him would be actually he's had a bit of a you know stressful week or there might not be something not not Tom in particular but just using him as an example or there might be stuff going on at work or there might be a relationship anything like that this is a level two conversation where he could phone someone up and go look do you fancy a catch up not feeling 100 percent it'd be great to have a have a chat and level three would be you know where you are at breaking point where you can so for you it would be Clint where you could phone him up and go Clint look I'm in a really difficult situation and you know that that friend can give you the support 
and a kind of counsel, if you like, to get you back on track or just to give you a bit of signposting or support. And I think a lot of people don't really know where to go. And there is that stigma, which I keep using. So for me, for example, I'd probably have probably three people, I'd say my circle of friends that I could have a, all three of those levels. Um, I've got best friends that I probably could only have a level two conversation with because even being a man and I, I train people how to have these conversations, there's, there still is a lot of anxiety to have a purely because you don't know what they're going to say or how they're going to react. But hopefully our role within Changing Minds and, and the wider work we're doing is about kind of removing those barriers and actually saying it's, it's OK. Yeah, to be open I mean, and one, of the, one of the biggest things that I do as well um you know what I'm like, I spend a lot of time, I spend a lot of time on my own, obviously with, with other work that I do and fishing and training and stuff like that. Yeah. But one of the things that I do do is I will, I haven't done it so much lately, actually, and this conversation is going to reignite what I, what I used to normally do, but I would normally have reflect on a, I know it sounds silly, but once a week I'll give myself an hour where I will sit quietly, whether it's in the morning. I know it's difficult sometimes um, if, if, if you're in your house and you've got a family, even if you go for a walk, um, and just give yourself an hour just to reflect on and look back on what actually is going wrong or if what's happened with a situation. If you don't want to talk to anybody at the moment, you can like have a self-counsel with yourself, but you just have to be a little bit careful with it because you need to be in that right sort of, you need, in my opinion, you need to be in a, in a, in a state where you can sort of sit on the fence with your own counsel in your head. So you're not being swayed. Yeah, absolutely. What can happen if you have got other outside influences and this happened to me. Uh, and the only way I can explain it is as if there's a cloud, there was a cloud over my mind all the time because I was letting the wrong people influence me and I was intoxicating my body yeah. as well. And then I'm trying to fix my problems and I'm not getting to the answers that I need. So it made things worse. So there's, this, I think they, I think you've got to have a tall belt with friends, yourself, uh, you know, even there's so much out there online that you can just sit, even a YouTube video that of someone. Um, one of the biggest things that helped me was I started reading and watching and listening to people of their lives, biographies of people that have had real big struggles yeah. like David Goggins. That was a massive book for me. Um, can't hurt me. It's called. If anyone's listening, get the audio. It'll absolutely inspire. Um, <laughs> great, great story. But those used to help me because I used to think we're all humans. If he can do it, I can do it. I've, one thing I've been good at is I've never put boundaries on my on what I try to do because I was all that was always told that I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that at school and I was going to be nothing and useless. That's that's how I, that's that's what was drummed into me. Yeah. Um, you know, I weren't having that. That wasn't what my life was going to be like. So, yeah, there's 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 yeah. lots of different things and tools and to do. And I just think sometimes people are worried about talking because they 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 worry how someone else is going to have a perception of them. Yeah, definitely. And and this is something we live on when we deliver the training bill is talking about you know language and how important it is to have those open honest conversation. And I really like what you said about the reflections because we. Something that we obviously work with Mental Health First Aid England is, is happy hour. So not that type of happy hour where you're doing <laughs> 25 shots, which, <laughs> which, is, which is classed as acceptable self-harm. And I think people don't, don't, you know, again, when I was going to uni, you would drink, drink, drink. And there's, you know, you, you're kind of thrown into this whole one pound a shot and you, you get drawn into it. It becomes a, a pressure to do that. But I suppose what, we're, what we try and promote for the training is happy hour. So or reflection hour and it is your spot on it's about having time for yourself albeit in a safe environment so for me this week I went for a drive so I've as you know little Arlo he's one years old now 
Um, so when he's having his nap, I go for a drive sometimes. And I drove through Canterbury, Littlebourne, Wingham, and it was, a, it was an hour. But I listened to some music and I was thinking about work. You know, what can we do next? What's that next innovative project we can do? So in my mind, I'd be like, oh, this isn't really productive. But it, it allowed me to kind of take, take an hour to reflect, you know, pat myself on the back about what's gone well and reflect on what we could do better. So it's important, like you say, Bill, that people allow time for them to heal and actually praise themselves and be positive about what they're achieving. Exactly. You need, you need the wins in life. You need to give yourself a pat on the back, not too much of a pat on the back, because then, and that, that yeah. can send you down the wrong road. I've been there as well. And just for anybody that's listening, you know, don't think that I'm, I sit here today and I don't still have anxiety attacks. I had one Monday. And, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, I, and I woke up, I couldn't get out of bed. I trained people every day. Um, or I've trained people all my life and for some reason I didn't do any different anything different to my routine the only thing is I've probably got a lot going on at the minute work-wise with the lockdown and stuff but my, my what I've been through taught me to realize the trigger and what it is and then I sat down and thought about it but I knew at that point I need to get out of bed I need to make my bed I need to go and train the person that I need to be training in his fitness and I will feel good as I'm talking to him and and, yeah. and, it, and and again, that, that that's what happened. And again, it, as what you always say, it's, it's it's knowing what steps to take to bring you out of the the anxiety. And when I when I say I still have this to people, they look at me like I'm mad. But I'm like, it's it is normal to be anxious about things. It's what we are. Yeah, you, you yeah. just got to find a way for you that what's causing it or how you can fix it. Yeah, absolutely. And you're spot on, Bill. I think it's, um, there's, there's still, like you said, anxiety is normal. It's a normal behaviour. It's a normal response to a, a situation. And for me, when I have to get up and do a presentation, before I had my anxiety attack, I'd be like, this is a walk in the park. This is great. I'm confident. Then I had the anxiety attack and now I dread it. But again, I build in, I build in strategies that will help with me. So I make sure I get, I get there early. I make sure that I plan. I make sure I prepare. I make sure that I've got everything in place. And that reduces that anxiety. But I think you're right. I think it's, it's perfectly normal. And it's, a how, it's how we react to that situation and take positive steps. Yeah, and you hit, the nail, you hit the so, nail on the head there. Just, just touch on that before we move on. Like being, there's, I think there's, there's different levels of, this, of, of, how you, of what can cause your anxiety. And this is, in my experience, and you, you explained it really well there. So... You've got anxiety of like what you're saying about going to do a presentation or going to a business meeting or going to an interview. So you know how to fix that because you prepare well. If you prepare and you plan, you're going to lower that anxiety for that situation. And that anxiety is completely normal because you're nervous. You want to do a good job. You want to get the job. Then on the other hand, you've got the self-sabotage where if you're around the reading the wrong stuff and watching the wrong things and, and putting the wrong stuff in your body and eating the wrong foods and all that stuff, that, that is the worst kind that you need to start looking at and thinking, what am I doing to, what am I putting in my body? Because your body, your cells in your body feed off everything that goes in it, whether it's food, whether it's words, whether it's what you read, whether it's someone else's actions towards you. Um, your body absorbs everything and, and because that's what it is. It's a bundle of energy. And if you've got the wrong energy going in and out, I don't mean to sound like a guru because I'm not <laughs> or, or one of those sorts of people. But one thing I've noticed is as soon as you start putting, taking the bad stuff away, if you're in that real bad state, OK, you can fix it. Absolutely. 
I love our analogies, Bill, because I always look at, I, I always describe my body as a car. So I, I want to be a Ferrari, but at the moment I might be a, you know, a uh, Fiat Punto. But it's the same analogy. So we think of it, because I think there's a lot of, in life, as you said, there's a lot of pressure. And I think some people, well, we've all been, and you've been there, I've been there, where you, you work, you know, you work your backside off and you, you can get drawn into, I'm a workaholic the same as you, and but I do it for the right reasons now. One, to help people, and two, because... I enjoy doing it and I, I would only do, I would only work or do something that I'm gen, genuinely passionate about. But equally we, with the triggers, it's about knowing how to put the brakes on and how to know and, and knowing when to stop and actually have a break. But when we deliver stuff as well, we also talk about, think of your body as a car. So think of what you do to your car. So a lot of people might give you a wash every Sunday. They have to get an MOT. They have to service their car and without servicing the car, it's not going to run as efficiently. You know, it might break down. Uh, you might need to put new tires on. And I think when you talk to someone about that and how they, you know, they look after their car and they give it all the attention and all the, all the need and care that it needs. And when they look at themselves and, OK, they might not be eating right. And again, Billy, we've had lots of barbecues, mate. We eat like kings. But and it's, it's all right to have off days and, and eat and have galaxy and be normal. But it's important to realise that if people want to get to a not that next level or change their life that, you know, they have to change their diet massively. But the importance of nutrition and the importance of giving your body the right fuel because it's going to help with your mind, the importance of having conversations and opening up about any stress. And I think once you start to explain it to people like that, like you've done as well, people start to actually go, oh, actually, yeah, that you are right or that will help. And, you know, I think it's quite empowering. But I'm going to move on, Bill, because I want to hear a little bit more about um, I really appreciate all your feedback. And I'm sure people listening are going to really listen to what you said and and take some positive steps forward there. But Fit and Fed, so we, Billy, you're our business lead. So you, you're out there obviously trying to engage and support organisations, schools, and, and that kind of role of our business. But the Fit and Fed project, obviously we, we've got a bit of funding to deliver this work. Did you want to tell everyone a little bit about what it is and especially your passion given how you've grown up and how it's supporting people across the Fanet district? Yeah, so um, just first of all, it's, it's, um, it's been absolutely amazing to be part of that. Um, you know, people that I'm meeting um, are so appreciative uh, and happy, and I'm sure it's going to be an ongoing, ongoing success. But yeah, basically, we've well, we got the, we've got a YouTube channel for, for anybody that hasn't seen it. Um, it's called uh, it's the Changing Minds one. It's called Mentally Fit with Billy, and on there there's all sorts of stuff. Um, there's stuff with uh, Tom Jeffs, who was our head trainer and CEO. Uh, hello, Tom. If you're listening, <laughs> um, and, yeah, morning, Tom. <laughs> he he he's got a lot of good videos on there for tasks to do to help with your anxiety, to help you understand uh, different d- different things, if you like. And um, there's stuff on there that I've done about nutrition, and there's stuff on there to do with workouts for parents and for kids. And basically, Colin came up with the idea of using an online because of the lockdown on i have an online platform where people can get that information from also backed up with food a food package and also some sports equipment as well so the goal of it was to keep families fit and fed during the lockdown and then they've got an interactive online platform where they can see um, me um, tom and some of the other team and get some uh, feedback from uh, some um, not feedback, get some um, content from there that's going to help them while we're not with them all the time. Obviously, we're not in their house. And it's been going really well. Um, 
I think over 100 families we've impacted in three weeks. Just hit the 100, the 100 families now, so that's amazing. Yeah, 100 in three weeks. I mean, that's, that, that, that's, that's, oh, my maths isn't brilliant, but it's about 31, <laughs> 31 a week, isn't it? Something yeah. like that. And, you know, it's, it's just, it, it affected me emotionally on the first week, I'm going to be honest, because I didn't realise on my doorstep um, how much you could, how much some people actually needed to be helped and how grateful they would be for it. And um, I love going out there every, every, uh, every week doing it and meeting the people. Um, we're going to have an ongoing, one of the reasons that, we, uh, that we're, I'm speaking to the parents and the children on the door and getting to know them is because we want to have projects ongoing to be able to support them within the community. And the biggest reason I'm passionate about it is because I know what it's like to be in, in certain situations as a kid. Um, it's exactly how I was. Um, and if I had some help uh, or we had some help, even though my mum did her best, you know, I'd have been more than grateful. And just just being able to interact with these and hopefully some of them, hopefully, um, or all of them is the goal, is to affect them in a positive, positive way to show them and, and bring them through some other projects to give them more opportunities. Uh, hopefully I explained yeah. that uh, well. I went a bit around that. That was very <laughs> No, spot on. Yeah, I think it's been great, Bill. And I think obviously you know, the, the role you've done in actually engaging with these families. And I think you, you were spot on. A lot of these families, unfortunately, as people know, not trying to put a, a doom and gloom on this podcast, but obviously Fanit, like other areas, especially London and uh, northern boroughs, you know, 25% of our districts where we're based, you know, we cover Kent and beyond, but predominantly the Fanit district, 25% of young people and families live in poverty, oh, which, is, which is huge. So it's, I mean, the project, again, we, we're looking to sustain it. So the idea is that by delivering this free food, it just gives you people a little bit of hope that they've got a bit of a nutritional um, staple diet where they can try and cook different things. And again, just the equipment just allows them to, and we know a lot of these people may not have access to a garden, but it just gives them a little bit of an opportunity to have something that they can then go out and, and engage in and play and, and keep, like you say, mentally and physically fit. Yeah. Um, go on, mate. Sorry. No, no, you go for it. I was going to say, you know, I've, and one of the biggest things, just the kids, the kids, they're running, they come running out. They're so excited to receive what they get. And for me, it's like, at least in their eyes, there is, there's some more good in the world, you know, for them as well going forwards with everything that's going on at the minute kids um, kids see and hear more that was going on in the world than anything now because of social media the tv the facebook all this stuff and you know there are there are some they're, they they're not on their own and there are there are organizations and programs that are getting in place and we just need to get them out to these people as as much as we possibly can so they know that they have got some hope you know that that's that's yeah. why I like doing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's the role we... So I think a lot of people will look at changing minds and um, obviously we're a mental health and wellbeing provider, but it's just an example of, of the community the community work that we're looking to do and everything that we bring in. So anyone that, if you're a business, you're a small, medium, or large company and, you know, you listen to us and think, oh, actually, I really want to get involved, you know, please do get in touch because your support and your training and your business will help fund projects like this and other projects, Um you know, we, Billy's really keen to, to run a mentoring program for young people and for, for parents. And this is all, all the work that obviously the, the income and the, the training that we, we try and bring in will contribute towards. Um, so, Bill, move, moving forward. So what, what, what have you got planned for the weekend, mate? What's on Billy's hit list? Oh, don't. Um, nice weather tomorrow. Yeah, that's um, work, really, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm grateful to have so much work, to be honest. But I am going fishing 
that is my um i'm going fishing sunday i'm going to do a night sunday carp fishing so that is my downtime training. um but i've got quite a bit to get on with at the moment oh, i've got sky my little girl um my little girl doesn't live with me so obviously with everything that's um that's been going on i didn't actually get to see her for 10 weeks but she's actually allowed to stay at my house now so uh, yeah she's going to be staying again tomorrow so that that's probably the hardest thing for me it was not not being able to see my little girl for 10 weeks her mum's a key worker and she's vulnerable sky she's got asthma and she had to go and live with her granddad so that was difficult but yeah so yeah that's what i'm doing got a twitter you've got an instagram that people can find or message so my instagram is probably the easiest one there there's a lot of content on there um fitness stuff workouts any anything on there if you've got any questions on nutrition or anything like that you need to just reach out to me um my instagram is billy 24 fit i forgot my instagram then how about that i'm on it all the time billy 24 billy 24 fit fit. and if you do want to reach out in an email or anything like that it's obviously billy.mcgarry which is spelled m-c-g-a-r-r-y at changingmindskent.co.uk feel free to ask me anything um i will reply and i will get back to every single message uh, I make that a good point of mine. I will not ignore you or miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Nice one. Billy, I really appreciate your time. So just, just to kind of reiterate, if you're, if you're a regular listener to our pods, if you're, um, I think what Billy's mentioned today has been really, really empowering. If you want to come and uh, obviously be involved in one of our interviews to talk about how mental health or how something's changed your life, for the benefit then obviously please do get in touch um bill thank you for your time matey have a great weekend and uh we'll see you and everyone else very cool, soon man. See you take later. care mate Stay safe. Bye-bye. cheers take care bye